0: So, I had a, um, an interesting sort of remember when, thinking back to college. So, I went to school in Philadelphia, and um, I had a professor at, it's now called Cairn University, and I actually wrote him a note this week. I discovered he's actually still living. I was like 20-something, so I thought he was like 60-something. Turns out he was probably only 40-something, maybe even only 30-something. And he was my Greek professor. And he said something that really, uh, I think it was just intended to be provocative. He looked at his his class one day and he said, a year from now, none of you will remember any Greek. And I thought, game on. (laughs) So I decided that I would remember Greek. And actually, for like 40 years, I told him in the letter, I have not prepared a sermon without my Greek New Testament um, because I wanted um, to prove him wrong, not really. (laughs) But it has been really rich. And so I'm actually going to give you a little bit of Greek this morning, if that's okay with you, as we consider the teaching uh, in the scriptures about who Jesus was. And it's a very simple kind of... Verse that will summarize many, many things um, that are actually our Christology, our theology of Christ. And so let me bring bring you today to um, some verses in Revelation. Three times in Revelation, um, we hear Jesus say, I am the Alpha and Omega. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. In Revelation 21, if that was the beginning, really, of Revelation, then at the end of Revelation, uh, we hear Jesus say, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I'm going to highlight just a few things grammatically, um, and I won't do this very often at all, Um, I I always began to worry when pastors said, in the Greek, because I I knew they were going to just make something up because nobody knew what the Greek was actually saying. So when I say in the Greek, it's because I'm not sure and I'm just wanting to assert my opinion, not really. I underlined, it is done. We're looking for how Revelation has a caricature of Jesus, and in these three verses that we will look at today, we will hear the Alpha and Omega phrase, but also it is blown out a little bit more in saying who He is. And what I say now will hopefully ring true when we get to the end of what I want to propose this morning, but in the Greek, truly speaking, Um, The past tense can be very um, varied. So there's a tense called the aorist tense. And it just means that something happened in the past. No big deal. There's the imperfect tense, which means that something was happening, continued to happen. And then there is the perfect tense. And in the Greek language, the perfect tense is a beautiful tense because it means that something happened and the results of what happened are still present that the happening has continued on so we might say i came to milton what does that mean it's not very specific but if i say i have come to milton i'm implying that i'm still here right i have come and i am still here the perfect tense in this verse is Jesus saying, it has happened and it is done. It is happening still because it has been done. How does that give us um, an insight into the caricature of Jesus? We'll see as, as we go a little bit farther. The verse that I think collects um, the summary of Alpha and Omega is this verse in Revelation 23, 22. I am the Alpha and the Omega the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Before I learned Greek, I couldn't understand why he was the A and the O. Like, why not the A and the Z? Well, that's exactly what it is. Alpha is the first letter in the Greek alphabet. Omega is the last letter in the Greek alphabet. So Jesus is claiming that he is the Alpha and the Omega and then, as that is expanded, he is the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He says, actually, I am the Alpha and Omega. In the Greek language, you can have definite articles or you can have an Arthur's article. That doesn't matter. The definite article is, is to assert that this is a, a noun that has special character. I am the Alpha and the Omega Jesus is saying I am the beginning of the alphabet I am the end of the alphabet so in that phrase um, we begin to see the way that John is using language he's using the alphabet he's he's using grammar he's he's using um, sort of linguistic means of explaining something So John loves words. He wrote the gospel record of John, and he wrote three letters, and he wrote the revelation that was given to him on the Isle of Patmos. And in the first work that we have in the New Testament, the gospel of John, John begins by saying, in the beginning was the logos. Logos is word. And so John is wanting to set out a theology that understands that Jesus is the and God said of Genesis 1. So Genesis 1, we have a whole string, a litany of what God said, and it was so. Let there be, and there was. Let there be, and there was. And God saw it, and it was good. God said it is good. So John um, carries the creation narrative forward, and he proposes that the way to understand the life of Jesus is to understand that he is the creator. He is the means of creation, but he is the creator himself. And then John goes on to explain how the life that Jesus lived proved what his name meant, what his character was, what his actual identity was. So John then later on the Isle of Patmos is seeing this vision and it's Jesus coming and appearing to him and declaring pretty much what John believed because he knew him. So I don't know how you get your head around the person that taught you for several years, that you loved dearly, um, beside whom you sat at table, how it is that Jesus would come um, decades after those events and appear to you. What did it feel like? when John, the beloved apostle, saw Jesus, his dear friend and master, and heard the ascended Jesus declare the truth of what John had committed his life to. It's like Jesus said, Yo, John, it's me. And everything that you thought about me is perfectly true. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the whole meaning of, So where do we find meaning? We find meaning by words or in words. And John is a wordsmith, and he picks up on this that Jesus said, and Jesus is affirming what he believed, what what words had been used in his teaching and what words John had communicated through the many years of, of his life and ministry. Jesus said, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the one that brings meaning. As, as we have wondered about the experience of fallenness in our world, um, we can probably flesh it out in, in many, many areas. Many areas of our lives express our fallenness. We have failed, we have sinned, we have transgressed, we have erred, we, we have. But when we talk to people today about the guilt of sin and that they should repent of their sin, The first answer that they are likely to give us is something that sounds kind of like, what are you talking about? Um, We do not live in a culture that is feeling guilty, at least not guilty in the sense that they are willing to own um, their personal guilt. They may think that other people are guilty, they probably do. But when we say, because you are a sinner and guilty, you need forgiveness, we might have to say more things than that for them to get what it is that the gospel actually is going to bring to them i think the thing that is more evident as a result of our fallenness is the meaninglessness of life i think people and particularly through the pandemic the the way that the rug was kind of pulled out from under our feet just kind of brought people to to this that didn't say uh, sense of, of meaning. And when, when I talk to people about meaninglessness, they resonate more with that than if I talk about sin and guilt. That's not to say they, we, are not sinful, and they, we, they are not guilty, like we all are. But meaning is the thing that seems to be elusive. And Jesus is saying... I am actually the meaning. So if you are searching for meaning, you will find it in me. Go ahead and and travel down any route that you would like um, pursuing meaning and see if anything really brings a sense of meaning. Um, We resist the truth of our brokenness, our fallenness, and yet all around us, Is the rubble of our brokenness. And I I think if we can just surface the question of what does all this mean? Um, What are you living by that is an attempt, or has it been a solution to the question, what does this all mean? And Jesus steps up and he says, I am the meaning, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Then he goes on he says, I am the first and the last, the beginning and the end. First and last is simply temporal. He is the first cause, the uncaused cause of philosophy. Um, and he is the one who is also the last. That, that's the last, again, in chronology that um, the, those words are used to say what was first and what was last. And then he says, I, I'm also the beginning and the end. Um, the end is, is a word that, that um, in, in philosophy is used of, of saying everything is being brought back towards. Everything is being um, brought into summed up in. And we see that in the New Testament that Paul especially talks about this a lot. That in in Christ, everything is summed up. Uh, At the end of everything, God is going to gather everything together under Christ, under the headship of Christ. So he is both the first cause and the end of all of the processes of the human life. He is also the beginning. He's the one who started it all and in whom everything will be summed up in whom everything will, will, will be finally tidied up. I wanna talk about the alpha and omega, and I'm just gonna hop onto this, and I think that this might explain a little bit of what I said about it has been done. It, it's alpha and omega, so there you go. Those are the Greek characters because I think they look cool. Um, and that's A, then lambda, phi, alpha, Chi is the word and, and omega is the word that you see, O, and, and then the other letters. <laughs> Mu, ep, epsilon, gamma, alpha, there you go. Mm-hmm. Say, dear Dr. Carline, I still remember my Greek. <laughs> when I was studying this this week, I was perplexed. Because the Greek text is this. Alpha, Chi, just the letter. John spells out Alpha, but he doesn't spell out Omega. Three times in Revelation. And I sat there and I thought, why? Why not like just a capital A and capital O? Why spell out Alpha and leave Omega unfinished? And I think the answer is this: It ain't over till it's over. Famous Yogi Berra's statement, as he sat in the dugout and they were they were just being roundly defeated, and he said, it's not, "It ain't over till it's over." And then people have picked up on that; they've written songs, and it's, that is a really biblical concept: It ain't over till it's over i think the reason omega is left just with the first letter is that it ain't over the end the summation of everything in christ um, the fruition of everything that god has been working on it ain't over so let's just leave omega with the first letter the rest is still to come what i want to say this morning is this in all of your lives It ain't over till it's over. Think of any realm in which you still um, feel unsettled, you feel unfinished, uncompleted. Um, Think of your families. Think of your immediate families, your extended families. And the fact that the stories of those families, your story, ain't over. A lot of times we... We come to a place of despair, and we kind of throw our arms up to God and say, look, where are you? Why did this happen? Why did this not happen? And God might answer us by saying, it ain't over. God's not finished with us personally. Um, Someone said the best time to plant an oak tree is 20 years ago. The next best time is now. So if, if you find yourself filled with um, disappointment, when you look back over your life and you say, what did I really accomplish? Or what was I hoping my life would be? And what is my life now? Um, the answer in Revelation is Omega. It ain't over. Um, the world in the state in which we find it, it ain't over. Um Russia will not at the end of the day be the celebrated winner because it ain't over as far as God is concerned. Um, the various trials of our world, the the disasters of our world, the the the, the unending hunger in some places, the um the abuse it ain't over. Um, there was an old Southern preacher called Robert E. Lee, and he—I went to school in Florida for a year. That's another story. Um, he preached. He when he preached again, I thought he was ninety, but he lived a few more years, so I don't know how old he really was. His sermon is, and it's a famous sermon. It's called Payday someday, and he preaches about a train coming to the to, to the station. And he just calls out and he was a great old southern preacher, it's like Pay Day Someday And they shouted it. I remember looking across the students and thinking, What is this guy? He's terrifying. But he kept on asserting that that you may think you're getting away with things, but payday comes payday someday. So that's the dark side of it. But the incredibly bright side of it is that it ain't over till it's over. Um, God is aiming towards the end, in, in the way that linguistically John expresses it. Um, God will be glorified. Um, God will be worshipped. We're told that the day will come when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Who are you praying for? What are you praying for? God knows that. And it ain't over yet. Don't stop praying. How many dear old moms have we heard of that prayed for wayward children for years and years and years? I've had my share of people in church who were wayward children who found their way home. I remember a guy, uh, when we were in, in Western Canada, there was a fellow who built harvest stores in the summertime, if you know what they are, where they, they store grain. And he did that all summer so he could ski all winter. I asked him one day, I said, Ludo, was there ever a day you woke up and didn't feel like skiing? He said, no. Um, and his mom and dad just mourned over the fact that Ludo had, had walked away from whatever faith was his when he was a child. And they prayed for him every single day. We had an evangelistic outreach. And when the, the evangelist finished his sermon and gave the altar call, Luda was the first guy to walk down to the front and fall to his knees. He turned from a person who was really kind of a wastrel to um, a valiant servant of, of the Lord and his mom and dad's prayers were answered Um, they had prayed for years and years that God would stop him turn him from his ways and bring him back home and in, in the literal as well as spiritual sense he came back home God's not done with the person you're praying for he certainly is not done with you he's not done with me because Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega and now that you know Greek you know what that means and we can live into it. Can I pray? Father, thank you for the caricature of Jesus that he himself presents to John. Thank you for every way that these three little phrases sum up um, your purposes, your person. Thank you, Father, for how they now can come and visit us and give us confidence in um, the person in whom we have placed our trust. Thank you, Father, that John stopped with the letter Omega, that he didn't finish it as though it was all finished then. But thank you that Jesus said, effectively, it is finished. It has been done. The things that we are praying for that are for your glory and for our growth, um, in in your mind and in in your capacity, those things have been done. Um, they are in the perfect tense. And even though we are not yet in the place of experience, um, we are in the waiting time until it comes true that it has been done. Father, I pray for, especially for parents here uh, who are praying over children that, that um, are, have, have lost their way in, in some fashion or another. Lord, strengthen them in their prayers. Um, Give them confidence in you. Help us all to understand that you you are gazing upon us and you are knowing us. You are knowing the longings of our hearts. And Father, we pray that you will also give us just a renewed uh, commitment to, to press on, to carry on with the right things and the good things of our lives. To leave behind the things that didn't matter and that won't prove to have mattered. Um, and to build in our lives and by our lives things that do matter and are part of the end story. By your Holy Spirit, Father, we pray that you will fill us um, and that you will equip us. Uh, give us a renewed strength, a renewed determination And above all, a renewed peace in the understanding that you you from the beginning to the end are there. Um, And in the sense of meaning, you are the focus of human meaning. Guide us towards that, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.